You've tuned in to Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News, where you get the latest on medical cover-ups, government malfeasance, toxins being put in our food and home, as well as sound, clean eating principles. We are here to cast a light on what the big sick care industry and its government shills don't want you to know. Don't be a slave to Big Pharma. Break free of the shackles of big food and start your journey now on a long, purposeful life. Become a citizen of naturopathic earth. Here's your host, A. Gregory Luna. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of Holistic Health News. I hope you're doing well today. We're going to talk about hirsutism. In other words, hairiness and how whether or not you have a beard makes you more or less attractive to women. Yes, this is one of those holistic health news episodes that has to deal with intersexual dynamics. You know, I like doing those as of late, but I just find this one interesting because I find like evolutionary psychology fascinating because this this is the way we've been wired for tens of millions of years you know and you put these trappings of modernism over us the last 200 years since the industrial revolution and certainly in the last even 40 50 years with now the advent of the uh, i suppose you could say the the feminist revolution and the sexual revolution and sex positive and the decline of religion and all all these things that have really turned our life upside down where, uh, to the point where our grandparents, anyone born in the 30s or 40s, wouldn't even recognize America. It's so radically changed, not to mention technology and its effect on every aspect of our life, including um, dating, right? So let's talk about this article. This is from the August New York Times. So you know it's legit. Science suggests that facial hair is imbued with social messages and can play a significant role in a man's love life. Last year, researchers from the University of Queensland in Australia decided to explore male facial hair to determine what role, if any, beards play in sexual attractiveness, masculinity, and short and long-term relationships. The team gathered data from 8,520 women. It's a pretty good study who were divided among three groups. Each group of women was shown pictures of men with varying degrees of facial hair. The images which had been manipulated by the research team to show the same men more or less bearded showed the men with clean-shaven faces, light stubble, which is about five days of growth, heavy stubble, 10 days of growth. Now, I should say for the, both of those, every man is different. What their five days and uh, what their 10 days is radically different for each guy and a thick beard representing about one month of growth, which is really not a, that thick of a beard. One month of a beard is not that thick. Next, each woman group was asked to mull a different question about the man's sex appeal. The first group rated the men's beardless to bearded faces for overall sexual attractiveness. Okay. The second group also rated the photos, but this time they were asked to score the pictures based on short-term attractiveness. In other words, which of the men seemed most desirable for a fling or a one-night stand, a little booty call? The third group rated the men in the photos as long-term prospects. Which of the men had the face that suggested he might be a good candidate for marriage and commitment? Okay, so overall attractiveness, booty call, and then long-term 
marriage partner. The answers which were published in the Journal of Evolutionary Biology varied depending on what the woman was looking for. Overall, the women said the sexiest men were those sporting heavy stubble, 10 days, followed by short stubble, 5 days. Men with full beards and clean-shaven men were rated the lowest on the overall sexiness scale. I will repeat this. So out of the four, you want to have that Jason Statham stubble, followed by the five-day stubble, and then guys with full beards. And I'm assuming when they mean full beards, they don't mean like Duck Dynasty full beards. I mean like... uh, I don't know an example. You know what a full beard is or clean shaven. But there's some nuance to this study. Let's keep going. What kind of man is the most attractive to a woman looking for a hookup, a little pump and dump, a little one night stand? Men with light stubble won that contest, closely followed by men with heavier stubble. So Jason Statham, he would do well here because that dude probably could grow a beard, but I've never seen him. Not that I watch a lot of Statham movies. I know they just did that, a Fast and Furious spinoff, which I didn't see. But I've never seen that guy ever clean-shaven or with a beard. But he can grow a beard, of course. He's always the stubble. Maybe Maybe he's in tune with Australian evolutionary biology studies. He reads them on PubMed every day or something. Who knows? Tea break. Suggesting that the scruffy look appeals to women looking for fun but not commitment. But when it comes to choosing a long term partner, a guy with whom a woman could have babies, or at least he can take care of the babies while she's getting serviced by a more alpha man, or settle in for the duration, the more facial hair, the better. Men with heavy stubble and full beards were the clear winners on this question, suggesting that men who are ready to commit might do better if they shave less often. The authors of the study theorize that for women who are looking for a long-term mate, beardedness may, may be more attractive as it indicates a male's ability to compete for resources. We'll extrapolate this later. Barnaby Dixon. What, what a great scientist, blue-collar, like, like a Brema old money name. Barnaby Dixon. A human behavioral ecologist at the University of Queensland in Australia and a co-author of the Beard Length Study, has been researching mate preference for a decade. He explains that both sexes judge men with beards as older and more masculine and describe them as generous, sincere, industrious, and self-confident. But Mr. Dixon, who sports a full beard, oh, see, he's just tainted this study, didn't he? But not really, because actually full beard guys are are not seen that attractive. They're only seen attractive if you're more of a beta provider. It says, research has also found that facial hair is associated with some antisocial traits, such as aggression and social dominance. Why are those bad? Why is aggression and social dominance bad? While these traits might not be pleasant if you're looking for a fun fling, they might be alluring if you want an alpha male to support your family and fend off predators. It's not just women who prefer bearded alpha males. Men also prefer men with facial hair. Interesting. No homo. Dr. Dixon and colleagues asked 1,500 men and women from Brazil and the Czech Republic about facial hair. I wonder those are such two disparate countries in every way. I mean, the only thing I can think they have in common is they were both formerly Catholic. I mean, the Czech Republic is fully secular. At least Brazil is still religious. But I don't know what those two countries have in common. Compared to heterosexual women, gay men had stronger preferences for men with more facial hair. Homosexual men, quote, 
preferred hairier stimuli than heterosexual women. Hairier stimuli. Interesting wording. Where where would that stimuli be done to exactly in the in the in the gay man's body? Hairier stimuli. I know what they mean. Just looking at the pictures, but the way it's written, you can think of something else. Supporting past findings that homosexual men have strong preferences for masculine traits. Really? Well, you know, there's the pitcher and the catcher. If you're if you're the catcher, you like a guy who has more masculine traits. If you're the the pitcher, you probably like guys with less masculine traits. Brazilians preferred bigger beards than Czechs. Homosexual men preferred men with beards similar to their own. Czech women preferred men with beards that were similar to the beards their fathers had during childhood. Hmm, got some daddy issues going there. That's 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 interesting. Right? Well, of course, that's you know they grew up with that, so I guess it's not so deviant or aberrant. The study published in March in the journal Evolution and Human Behavior also found that men often preferred thicker facial hair than their real partners actually had. The authors noted that the fact that people don't end up with their ideal at least in terms of his beard, maybe because their ideal is not readily available, so they compromise. Everybody compromises. Everybody is somebody's plan B. I, mean, I told you that that funny Chris Rock line he has. He says, you know why your woman's always mad at you? Because you weren't her first choice. Not every man can grow a beard naturally. More men with hairless faces have begun seeking hair transplants, according to the International Society of Hair Restoration Surgery otherwise known as let's keep you insecure so we can make money off of you, just like all plastic surgeons. In 2014, the latest year for which data is available, 14,000 men around the world had hair transplants to enhance their beards, up from 4,000 only seven years ago. More than 3,000 of the men were in the United States. Beard transplants are the most popular in Asian countries, where nearly 4,000 men had treatment in 2014. You could see that because Asians really don't grow beards. Whether men choose to grow beards may also depend on the context in which they live. A 2016 study found that beards are more common in crowded cities where average incomes are lower. I would imagine crowded cities, average incomes are actually higher. Cities, more, People of, of wealth tend to live in cities, not in rural areas anymore. In this environment where money is scarce and there is more competition for mates, men may feel they need to ramp up their masculinity. On the flip side, when competition in the social environment is reduced and the need to, so, to signal dominance is of less importance, men may dial, dial down their masculinity through shaving or grooming their beards, Dr. Dixon wrote in an email, which may be why beards seem so less common in less populated suburbs. Hmm. Interesting. Tea break. Another factor that influences whether men decide to grow some stubble is the frequency of beardedness around them. When beardedness becomes too common, it is less attractive than when it is rare. This may explain why fashions and trends in beardedness fluctuate over time. So I guess right now, beardedness is pretty popular, right? Especially with the hipsters. So maybe you're going to see the pendulum swing and some people are going to do the opposite. Christopher Oldstone Moore, another blue blood name, hyphenated too, Oldstone Moore. Author of the 2015 book of Beards and Men, The Revealing History of Facial Hair maintains that history more than biology establishes meanings for facial hair. Quote, I wonder if the positive effect of beards are a matter of the current cultural preference for beards, and perhaps the idea that bearded men are more mature, confident, and reliable is because that is what we are tending to associate with beards these days. Says Old Stone Moore, senior lecturer at Wright State University in Ohio. 
Whenever masculinity is redefined, facial hairstyles change to suit. All right. What will I say here? First of all, I mean, facial hair has been uh, more common than not. You know, like like in ancient Greece, believe, despite what you might see from the movie 300, and ancient Rome, facial hair was not really that popular. Uh, but certainly in the Middle Ages and and throughout the Renaissance Enlightenment, facial hair was was quite popular. I mean, even, even through the, the 19th century, uh, you can just look through daguerreotypes and photos and paintings. Most men had beards through most of modern history. It was it was more rare not to. And I think when you look at recent history, some men go cliche-shaven because of work. So if you look at the 70s and 80s and even the 90s, if you think of like Wall Street men, I think of the movie Wall Street with Michael Douglas. I think during that time it was considered not professional to have a beard, and so most men were clean shaven or had you know very like cropped facial hair. And then I think with the '90s, uh, certainly with the advent of grunge, <laughs> and later you saw the goatee, right? The soul patch. Now I had a goatee. I, I haven't. Let me explain my 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 facial hair stuff. So I. I've I've always been able to grow a beard. And now when I was in high school, I always we used to always be like, oh, we want facial hair, facial hair, right? You've seen all these coming of age movies where the boys, uh, the prepubescent boys, are like, I want to have facial hair. And then when you get facial hair, it's such a pain in the butt, right? Because you're shaving all the time, and it's just it's just a pain in the butt. So I I was always able to grow a beard. I had a beard one year in college back in the 90s, and then I had a goatee. I have some pictures from the first year. I spent a year abroad back in 95, and uh, I lived in Spain, and I had a goatee. You know, goatees were popular back in the 90s. And then uh, most of the, la- the last 20 years, I did not have a beard. I did grow a beard back in 2014 for a little while. And then last year I had a beard for about a year and then I shaved it in June and then I'm growing something back. I haven't decided if I'm going to grow it back or not, but I can grow a full grown beard. I just find beards uh, and you know, why am I doing it now? You know, it's like women change their hair women get highlights. I mean, it's like men can't really do much, right? Especially if you're bald like I am, there's not much you can do. And so I'm like, well, why not grow a beard? You know, we'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. Yeah. At the beginning, it does get a little itchy, but once once the softer hair grows in, then, you know, you totally forget it's on your face. You don't even feel it. So, look, beards been around since human history. Now, let, let's go to caveman time. So, certainly what they're saying is true. By growing a beard, and I hate to tell this to, to men who have head hair, but bald and beard shows that you have excess testosterone. You have your DHA, the precursor to testosterone, because when you have too much of it, uh, it makes you have alopecia, lack of hair. But in terms of like social signaling and and nonverbal kind of cues, there's a couple of things that women are looking for, like in, 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 for example, on a first date. So on a first date, and I've mentioned this in some other intersexual episodes that I've done, men with D voices. Are signaling to a woman that they have a lot of testosterone, similar to when women have very high voices, it signals that they have estrogen, meaning they're more likely to be fertile and fecund and can breed. So it's it's a type of nonverbal communication. So when a woman hears a man with a rich tenor, with a rich voice, it shows that he has testosterone. What does that say? 
it says that he's probably more likely to be able to sire a child. And also, when a woman sees a man with a beard, it also shows that he has a lot of testosterone because it's almost impossible to grow a beard unless you have a lot of testosterone. And so that is an external sign that the man has testosterone. So if a man has a beard and a deep voice, this is very uh, erogenous to women. It, it's, it's something that's uh, very sexually attractive to, to women. They like that. Because indirectly, by showing a lot more testosterone, again, we've only been in the modern era, even if you look at the Industrial Revolution, but you go further back to the Agricultural Revolution and the, the, the advent of civilization. I mean, you're looking maybe 10,000 B.C., cradles of civilization. So, I mean, that's nothing compared to, you know, 50 million years that some sort of proto-humans, you know, homo sapiens, sapiens been around. So if you look back at like the Paleolithic era, men who had more facial hair suggested that they had more testosterone. Therefore, they suggested they were stronger and they had more aggression and therefore more likely to protect their, their woman who they're breeding with. And because of that, the woman would probably have more resources from the hunt maybe a nicer cave, and he could be able to better make guard from other men who are trying to get with her. And so this all kind of still translates to the modern era. Now, I do find it interesting, the the study about hookups, how they like stubble more than they like beards. Um, I, I wonder why that is, why, why beard is not considered as attractive and it's on the same level of no facial hair for hookups. I, I really don't know why that would be different. I certainly understand for like the beta provider why they would want somebody with a beard. Or you could say alpha provider. But more often than not, most women today are with a beta provider. Unless you're in your 20s. See, if you're in your 20s at your peak sexual market value, a woman can get an alpha an alpha provider. A man with a beard and has you know a career and confidence and aggression and all these things. But with a divorce you know, issues going on, even though the divorce rate's dropping because of cohabitation, but, but with the hookup culture and, and, and so much, uh, you know, single moms and single dads because of divorce, most of the women in the thirties are not able to get these alpha providers. So they're suddenly for beta providers because it's better to have a man who's going to provision and, and take care of you if, you know, in your lifestyle and any kids that you might have from a previous marriage, then keep searching for an alpha male. That's always going to pass you up for younger, more attractive women. So most of these women are with beta providers. So I can certainly see why why women would like the the bearded man as somebody as kind of triggering something very primordial in them that that guy can take care of them. That 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 doesn't necessarily mean it's a guy that they find sexually attractive. Now also beards can hide facial asymmetry. Beards can hide to a certain extent facial asymmetry. And they can hide to a certain extent a weak jawline, which is seen as as feminine, right? So it, that's another reason why maybe unattractive men grow beards. It's because it can hide, kind of like a, what what makeup can do, certain a certain extent for women. So they grow up for that reason. So men, I mean, I would I would tell you, you know, really depends what you want in your life. If you're single and you can grow a beard, why not grow a beard? Sure. I mean, don't get a Duck Dynasty beard because those are pretty nasty. But if you want to grow a beard grow a beard. If you're bored and you want to do something different with grooming, grow a beard. Why not? If you're in your 20s and you're all about hooking up, you boys, um, do the stubble, 10-day stubble. Now, my five-day stubble grows pretty fast. 
uh, it, it grows, my, uh, my fair share grows fast. It's like the day I shave, I still have a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> the day I shave. But, you know, um, I don't I do not do it to, to attract women because I'm going my own way. I'm MGTOW. Uh, I just grow a beard because, you know, why not? You get bored being bald sometimes. And I shave my head every other day. And, you know, just something different. Why not? You know, and yeah. All right. So the takeaway is, guys, grow some facial hair if you want to attract the opposite sex. Women, I think anyone listening to this pretty much already knows that this is the truth because it's in your endogenous wiring to like men with beards. Certainly there are women, perhaps, that don't like men with beards. But if that's true, hook me up. Say something on the comments on Facebook. Let me know how you feel. Guys, as always, the website's Naturopathic Earth. Go check out all the articles I have. I have a vast variety of articles on food recipes, but also intersexual dynamics and natural remedies for a host of meta maladies that we really don't talk about on the podcast. Because I notice when I've done natural remedies podcasts, you know, natural ways to treat kidney stones, uh, they don't get as much downloads. People don't want, I think people like to read those more than listen to them more. That's why I don't really do podcast episodes on them. But we have a lot of articles there. If you want to support the website, and the podcast, please buy Confessions of an Obese Child, my ebook for $2.99 on Amazon Kindle. You can certainly afford that. It's free on Kindle Unlimited. Post a review. You can learn about why I gained weight when I was a child. And I, I talk about funny stories and some not so funny stories from my childhood and eventually how I lost my weight when I was 19. You can also support me through PayPal Me and Patreon. There's going to be links on the episode notes. You can also support me by going to naturopathic earth and clicking on the food articles the food recipes and you'll see amazon links to buy recipes i'm sorry to buy ingredients there now i'll take it to amazon now anything you buy on amazon through my link you can just search clothes socks shoes whatever and anything you buy on amazon going through my link within 24 hours i get a two percent commission and no expense to you they don't raise the price or anything like that also if you want some one-on-one coaching for weight loss weight management or if you just want to talk to me because you just want to talk Click on the link from Clarity FM. It's a dollar a minute, and you get to chit-chat. And as always, you know, we have three podcasts in the Naturopathic Earth family. We have Holistic Health News, the flagship, Confessions of an Obese Child. We have a new interview coming out in early September with a woman. And we have the Essential Oils and Herbal Apothecary, which we have, I believe, twenty. we're at episode 26, 27. We just did uh, Juniper Berry, and we did Fennel. Yeah. So go check those out, listen to them, subscribe, and please post an honest review. Until next time, take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash naturopathicearth. Buy the confessions of an obese child ebook on Amazon or Barnes & Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember, the core belief at NPE. Let food be thy medicine. Let nature be thy healer. Until next time. Music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails.